because my hair is sucking. Oops. Hold on. Wait, I didn't press the wrong button. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. A sucker podcast that probably won't last. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. Skyler and Jeff don't know how to rhyme. Is the first word of this podcast what I think it was? <laughs> well, yeah, we just started talking, like the podcast started recording when you walked away and talked about a hat, and then I clicked on the wrong button for like two minutes, and I'm part partly uh, thinking about just leaving it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, it looked like on my end that you clicked record right as I was finishing a sentence that ended on the word sucking. <laughs> so it's just gonna be. I mean that that got in there. I think that, that's in there. But <laughs> but I, I pressed record way before the song. So I mean we could talk about it more. Uh, but <laughs> but I would much rather know, uh, Mr. Vitkin, as it's January fifth, our first podcast of the new millennium. Uh, how'd you spend your holiday? How were your holidays, mate? Uh, great holidays. Um, had some kind of saw a lot of people like weirdly, even though I didn't go home, like, like a lot uh, of nudity. No, thankfully, because my parents were in town, no nudity there. That was great. <laughs> we were 100% non nude. Um, and then, but it was great to see them. They were in town for a few weeks, actually, almost, almost three weeks. Um, saw, you know, got to explore some London together, do all that fun stuff and just like hang out with the kids and play games. It was great. And then we had some other friends from Vienna that came and visited us. That was also cool. Um, and then weirdly, this was not planned, but we had some very close friends from when we were in Hong Kong that now live in Guinea. And um, they're a little older than us. Like they're like our parents' generation almost. And they, one of them unfortunately got malaria and that's the reason that they came to London is that she had to be flown on like a medevac hospital because she was like on death's door and London has good medical care better than Guinea apparently. So that she was here. And then, uh, but like the cool part of that was we got to see them and their whole family. Um, we hadn't is seen them in years. So is she okay now? Yeah. The other cool part about that is that she is okay now. But I mean, it's sort of like a crazy quick turnaround where like they were so worried that they had to fly her like around the world. And then within like a few days, she was like having a glass of wine in my apartment. So very strange. Um, so we can say things like that's malarious and it's OK because she's fine. <laughs> yeah. They were also saying like the people that they work with, like if you're if you're from a place with malaria, you just get it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I got malaria. I might be out for a day or two this week. But I don't know. I might just push through. I'm fine. Like oh, you, so it's you, like COVID? <laughs> yeah, it, I think it like weirdly is, where it's like if you grow up just getting COVID once a week, then it's probably, I don't know, not that big a deal to you. But if you don't, and she didn't, um, then yeah, pretty pretty bad times. Except that you get to have a jolly little Christmas here in Wait, uh, in when London. you have malaria, it's not contagious, right? Yes. I think, I think it's just like a blood virus thing that you get from the mosquito. I don't think you can like cough it out or anything. 
But if you if she had an open wound and you went and like licked the blood out of her open wound, which by the way, yeah. not a good host move. Like uh, we we had a bunch of pagan rituals planned, but none with blood drinking. So that was like a sweet thing. So check this out. Jesus Jesus <laughs> gets bit by a malaria radioactive mosquito, then offers the blood of Christ to all four thousand of his followers at that moment. Are they all getting malaria. The reason I bring this up, Jeff, is we are mm. talking about the holidays and what is more holiday than hypothetical Jesus, hypothetical Jesus. conversations. I feel like there's that little moment before the blood of Christ is the blood of Christ where it's still wine and then the alcohol would zap it and then you'd probably be okay. <laughs> no, I, I mean, no, 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 no. It's not like the disease shows up and then it turns to blood. It's a blood disease. So it yeah. feels like feels like I feel like that is I could argue with you all day on that order of I mean, operations that's there. That's PEMDAS. Died so young is because he <laughs> wanted to make sure that he didn't get old and get a bunch of blood diseases because as he knew he didn't want to turn all wine into like malaria infected blood. That would be a dick move of Jesus. So he decided I'm gonna do, I'm gonna bite the bullet. I'm going to die for their sins, and I'm not even going to wait. I'm not even going to live a nice, long, full life like I negotiated with God, who is also me. Um, like, I I can just die now. That's probably what happened. You know why I think he died so young? Why? Partying. Dude. It's just a shame. <laughs> he was like, eh, and this right here, motherfucker, this is the dandruff of Christ. Every time you snort it, think of me. Wait, wait, but wait, then, then that gets into cannibalism. Like, what if Jesus takes a sip of the blood of Christ? <laughs> oh, but didn't he? Like, you, you, you would All right, think so, he'd partake. So Jesus is a vampire. He gives the blood of Christ to someone else. Does that make them a vampire? If so, they Does turn to a vampire. Do they then want to just drink more blood of Christ? Do they just want to drink more wine at that point? Because they're like... I'm very confused. This is what I was brought up on. <laughs> That's a really good question. And I how don't long have can an we go? How long can we go and not talk about the thing that we meet? The soccer's. <laughs> yeah. No, but this thing, every time you're like, will they even meet the soccer's this week? They've been talking about the dandruff of Christ for 15 minutes. Hollywood's greatest will they won't they. It's Jeff and Skyler <laughs> talking about actual football data yes. and facts uh but wait, but your but I'm get, but your holiday was good mate it was good <laughs> and how was how was yours it... <laughs> now now we're talking about um no it was it was you know always good to see family uh very let's just say it was a noisy it was a noisy baby dog uh everybody yelling uh shitty kid entertainment on the tv all 24 7 one of those one where you're like, this is the beginning to a movie. This is not what you want to see for two hours. Um, it's like, you know, the first scene in Home Alone where everyone's running around, the pizza arrives, Joe Pesci show, shows up as a oh, cop. Yeah. That I saw it scene. Multiple times this holiday season. That scene, except Coco Melon, the most terrifying children's program, programming ever, is on every TV in the household, and all of Kevin's relatives are a baby. Mm. Yeah, I don't like that version of the movie quite as much. 
After Home Alone 2, they really, some of those sequels, and that one that you're talking about where it's in a baby world, and it's like a Rick and Morty episode, that one's tough for me to get through. They should do, they should do like a, a modern sequel where it's like Home Alone, but instead of Home Alone, it's like Home with everyone else because they were also at that point stuck at home. So like uh... the, the burglars come, uh, but everyone's home. Uh, and so there's a lot of people sending a lot of booby chats. Please stop me. Please, please end is this. this. Is it, I was going to say, is it too late for me to pitch a COVID version of it called Home Alone, <laughs> where they're all quarantined by themselves in a large house? Or or you, you take Home Alone and you combine it with other popular holiday movies. You've got uh, Love, alo- Love, comma, Alone. Actually, yeah, it's it's like a bunch of British people who are just stuck at home and they just can't meet people. The end. Mm. It's Colin Frissel, but he doesn't go to America and meet all those hot women. I remember, like, it's weird. Do you remember, like, one of those hot women is uh, Miss Draper, Miss Betty Draper? Oh yeah, January Jones. There is. Um... I've oh. rewatched that one over the holiday season as well, and I kind of forgot how dumb that guy's storyline is. Like, he's like, no, really, I'm going to go to America but, and it's going to be a big fest. And then, like, I thought there would at least be, like, one little, like, kink in his plan, but there wasn't. He just got there and is a baby. But that's the that he is, that his character is not a character you're meant to, like, feel anything about. His character is just comic relief. And the joke is that British accents really translate well in America. And you get, like, two... <laughs> hotness points just based on how you sound which is true it's true i think it's also true in any like boardroom context like because if you're just like yeah. saying things in a british accent it just sounds like oh yeah that sounds that sounds like a really smart idea there. how many british directors of strategy ta- actually failed out of high school and they're just like america is just like a game on easy mode i'm not doing a voice america's like a game on easy mode <laughs> yeah none of them that have like your jason statum <laughs> british impersonation but the- but me doing the voice defeats the argument of look how smart he sounds because I sound stupid when I do it. <laughs> but the weird thing is in America, I don't even know if most Americans hear the difference between like Jason Statham and like an old Etonian. All right, listen. It's, uh, this is for the new launch for Burberry. We're going to do some fucking intelligent. <laughs> wicked. <laughs> We're going to break. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm starting to cough. It hurts. It hurts to do the voice. Oh, no. Oh no! All right, so holidays check. All right, there was a lot of football over the festive period, even yes, though so was. much of it was delayed because of El Cupo de Worldo. Yes, that's what it, I believe. That's what it translates to. Do, do you want to go Esperanto. first? Do you want to go first, or should I go first? You can go first. All right, first up in the green corner. Uh, I don't know Nottingham Forest. I don't remember what color there. But uh, United They are played... red and white. I know that because we got our jerseys from them. The first Arsenal jerseys were hand-me-downs from uh, Nottingham Forest. We had some players that played for them. I didn't know that bit of lore. Isn't that crazy? That's like how when the Busby Babes died, Real Madrid offered to loan us, at that point, like the best player in the world. Uh, really? Yeah, what was his name? It started... De Stefano, was that it? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Offer to loan Manchester. United. That's wild. Yeah, it was because we had like no players. Um, 
What's funny is I just saw an article pop up from 2021. It says Real Madrid offer Vinicius to Manchester United. What? <laughs> when did that happen? I want to say it was De Stefano. Yeah, Alfredo De Stefano. Uh, and like that's the kind of thing that yes, it happened a long time ago, but it's forever in the fabric of both clubs that that happened. Like there was a point in time when a club would put like honor and integrity ahead yeah. of results and money, and that era is dead. But it's, sure. there's proof that it happened. Uh, the same the same way that, like, if you were ever, like, Nottingham Forest last day of the season, Arsenal could relegate Forest. I would, if I were you, I'd kind of be like, that's the type of thing that makes me not want them to get relegated. Like, that tiny little thing. Yeah, true. But then again, they beat us in, like, the FA Cup last year. So, fuck them. We're even. Oh, well, you can't. That, but... <laughs> so selfish. Um, no. All right. There is some truth to that, though. Like, but I always find like that's like one of those weird facts that no one knows. But I always like I feel because I know that fact like a weird, uh, completely unrequited kinship with them. <laughs> well, but I, th- that's what I would hope you would feel. Of course, it doesn't doesn't mean that that's the reality. I actually that's another. So we didn't do this while you were in London, but maybe another time I could bore you with this, but. I realized, so I took the Uber boat that goes down the Thames and you can get it. So we got on at Westminster, which is not too far from where I live. And then um, from there, you can ride it all the way down. We took it to Greenwich. So we went to like the place where the long, like the zero longitude splits the world. And did you um, feel weird? Did your balls hurt? (laughs) You know, no, it felt fine. Um, you know what is weird there? It, that's like their Naval Academy. And I kind of grew up like very near the Naval Academy. And they weirdly in 1998 just decided they didn't want to have a Naval Academy anymore after like having one since the 1800s. And that like really blew my mind. There's still this amazing, gorgeous campus there and they just don't have a school in it anymore. It's very strange. Um, but what I was going to say is that if you keep going on the Uber boat a few stops more, you can get off in Woolwich and see the original, like, uh, Arsenal factory where Arsenal is from. Rollwich? Woolwich? Woolwich? Wool- I don't know. Probably, I don't know how to say it. I think it's it, W-O-O-L-W-I-C-H. Go home, Jeff. You're drunk. <laughs> Rollwich! Woolwich. It's a whole Whoa, town. It's a whole town that makes toilet paper. That's like the big business in town is roll. <laughs> well, they used to make cannons, and then they made the best cannon-themed football team in the world. And then, I don't know, best no cannon-themed football—that is a high bar to clear. <laughs> I think there are a few other teams that call themselves Arsenal in the world, but we are the best of the teams named Arsenal. Speaking of canon, it's now uh, in this past season's canon that United uh, beat Nottingham Forest three to nothing, uh, which was I, I felt like that was like a an obvious result. I I, I was never in doubt. They're not that. great this year. We beat them five nil, and it, they, not only were they not great, but they couldn't even play Dean Henderson, um, which is because he's on loan from us. Yeah, that doesn't help. Hmm. I've always found that to be like a weird clause in the loan. Like, just let them play. You know what I mean? Like, just let them. Just, just let, let the them. kids play. Well, but but here's the reason that they don't and can't do that. It's from like a results perspective. Like, how can you trust that this player who's with us for this season, but uh you know, is going back to the other team next season. Like, he doesn't want to piss off his friends. Like, 
there's there's an element of that of like I'm not gonna try and break Brian's legs. He's my buddy. I'll be playing with him next season. Mm. Also, like from a gambling capacity, I know that it's the players mm. aren't gambling, but that's one of those weird, iffy result impacting factors. Yeah. It reminds me of, do you remember the Champions League final between Bayern and Dortmund when, and it was when uh, Goetze was still, was on Dortmund for the fourth, first time. But he knew time. he was going to Bayern. And yeah, it was like, it was his last game and he didn't win, but he did play his balls off to be fair. Like he, I mean. Didn't the same thing happen with Barca and Bayern and Coutinho? He went to Bayern, and then I thought he like scored a bunch of goals against Barcelona in the Champions League or something. Like that relatively also recently, also rings a bell. I don't like know. They, that wasn't a final though, right? But yeah, it was just or like was a it? LOL. Barcelona is a meme kind of moment. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be that would be strange. But I think I feel like especially I think most people, and I think especially most professional athletes, it it would not change their effort level at all. Because they, they, if anything, they would want to be like going into the dressing room on their first day as the guy who like scored a brace against the new team in the last game or whatever. Oh, you know what? You could argue that that could be the way it would go, but you can't know. And because you can't know, it's like a potential conflict of interest. So that's just why they, yeah. they don't let that happen. Anyway, back to so United won three nothing. Um, I think I remember Rashford, Martial scored. I can't remember who scored the third goal. Um, might have been a defender. I don't know. But Rashford has been in Fuego basically through the World Cup, before the World Cup, after the World Cup. He's having his best season ever from like a goal-scoring pace perspective. And he seems to be playing a lot more intelligently. I'm, I don't know if you got to see any of those three matches. I know we don't hold each other accountable for our opposite fixtures, but like, I think if you'd like, if you'd seen it, you'd be impressed with how broken he looked uh, last season and how he looks like, like he's right back to being just as good as he was before he was shit. Um, so I mean, that's, that's good news. Really just down to the setup around him. Or do you think it's also personal to him? I think it's both. I think that he, he had some mental health issues. Like a lot of the, our players have had mental health issues. They've had to conquer. But like, like coming it, out of Europa or Euro rather? Coming out of losing a lot. <laughs> coming yeah. out of, yes, the missing the, like we're thinking of like Sancho and Rashford in particular, both missed penalty kicks. But Saka doesn't seem five. to have yeah. like fallen on the same hard times. Uh, but he's a different person. So yeah. like it's very it's interesting because I think it did like really affect him initially, but it like I, I don't know he it, it didn't slow him down you know at all on the field. He had all those they still like all over the stadium in the Arsenal stadium they have these like letters that kids wrote to him being like um, like bugger up, chin up lad you'll you'll do fine. That's kind of they're sweet. pretty adorable actually bugger up though i wasn't familiar I with they that like a positive that. like fuck someone in the ass up <laughs> <laughs> that would that would cheer you right up a little oh bit. just like a little nursery rhyme about plague like uh <laughs> all right uh, so well we also beat wolves one nothing i feel like that might have been a casemiro uh who's also been just class like he's i got a lot admit, of goals like even beyond had, like his actual job like you have been noticing his name on the scoreline a lot 
he's been scoring important goals. He's been scoring scoring goals that like require you to basically sacrifice your body or like out tough uh, a defender. And they've been consequential goals. But also like seeing him do his defensive job is visible even to my not professional eye. Uh, and then the passing, well, sometimes he'll play a pass that you're like, what the fuck were you doing? Other times he'll pay, play a pass where you're like, oh, that was pretty spectacular. That's not even like your job. Mm. Um, so just everyone has kind of been playing great with the exception of like our forward line, like our, like, and your Maguire is still slow. I was going to say, Harry? Yeah. And the, the last game, uh, Bournemouth. Uh, we beat three 0 That was a match where you're thinking, oh, you know, Varane just had a day off. Like Luke Shaw played center back to cover uh, for Mart- Martinez's Martinez's uh, absence. But then Bournemouth, it was uh, the previously ill Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof played center back, and it's like, oh no. Uh, and they still conceded some chances, and De Gea was amazing. But largely, it's just been like. The last week felt like a regular old week under Fergie in that like we didn't seven nothing anybody, but we got like the routine, almost stress-free wins that you would expect against teams at the bottom of the table. Where in recent years it's like we're playing the last place team and they probably freak beat us. So yeah. it feels like I'm I'm being comforted by consistency in a way I haven't in years. Yeah. Whereas we just dropped points to Newcastle the other day. Okay, so Jeff, uh, let's let's do the Arsenal lineup, but then I can start laughing about that very familiar feeling uh, result and context. Sorry, I couldn't resist the segue there, but I feel like I've cut you no, off. Go Was for there it. More no. United content. No one wants to hear us talk about like play by play. It's just like, what? Give me how? How are you doing? What? How was that for you? Give yeah. us the give us the give us the arsenal last week. So Boxing Day, we had a little post Christmas miracle on the twenty sixth here, where um, Amazon Prime broadcast the game. And since I since it's very difficult, like you have to subscribe to multiple different services to get the game in your home in England. Like it's like the worst place to watch the game, and sometimes you just can't watch it at all in your home because it's three o'clock. And why would you be allowed to watch things at three o'clock? You might be able to watch it in like Alaska or like the Arctic Circle easier than exactly, locally. For sure. No, I mean, and like to the point where they're, they've gotten really like bad about like cramping, clamping down rather, not cramping down. They probably they're cramping, cramping down. They're giving them, you're, you get cramps, like giant cramps. If you try to watch things on VPN here, you're just like, oh, stitch. Um, but basically, uh Amazon Prime broadcast the game on the 26th when I had all these people around and it would have been very inconvenient socially for me to slip off to a pub to watch the game. And so it was great. I got to watch uh and then it was a tough game, I have to say, against West Ham. Like they ended up in the win column, but we had to kind of have like a bit of a comeback to get there. Um, where it was like the first half. I mean, this is the first half of football since the World Cup. And we looked a little rusty. And it was also just one of those games where, like, nothing quite bounced your way. You know, like, we had a penalty get VAR'd away from us that looked like a handball in the moment. We had, you know, and I think, like, it's, like, one of those weird things where you're like, yeah, I get that that's actually the right call. But it's, like, really unlucky that that's the right call. Because it was, you know what I mean? There's, like, a bunch of those kind of things in a row. 
Um, and it kind of felt like the momentum of the game was going against us. And then we just came out in the second half and scored three goals. And that was great. Um, against Brighton, that was a game that honestly, Brighton I was are tough. I was worried about them. I mean, I just went a couple months ago and saw us lose at home 3-1 to Brighton in the League Cup. And granted, it was a League Cup. We were kind of playing a League Cup lineup, but we weren't playing like the under-19s. You know what I mean? Like it was it was a team that I was kind of hoping to beat Brighton with, to be honest. And they haven't been playing like the Brighton of like the last couple of years, really. Like, like Potter's finishing form with Brighton was really strong, and it just kind of continued. And they've smacked around some teams. Didn't they just beat like City or Chelsea or something? They thought they beat somebody pretty significant recently. They maybe had, Spurs. They've beaten a couple big teams. I'm trying to remember now. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna look at their results while you. Not, yeah, not that long ago they beat us, but I think they they're, they 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 beat really Everton four one. They uh, beat Southampton three one. Last I looked a couple games ago, they were on the XG table. They were like fifth or sixth in the league. So if anything... They beat Chelsea 4-1 in October. Wow. Yeah, like their results are good, and maybe they deserve more results even than they have. So um, I was happy to see us, you know, walk away with that three points. And then by that point, there had been several other teams that had been dropping points. Um Man, City had a draw with, God, who is that, Brentford? Yeah. And, you know, so suddenly there was a point where we were like eight points clear, which felt good. And then, of course, um, Ucastle. Oh, wait. Ew. You got to really lean into it. Ew, Castle. Can I get a a reboot? Take two. Take two. Ew, Castle. Um, (laughs) uh, Came to town. And that was the other annoying thing about that. It's like, okay, I get that Newcastle is actually like third in the league. And I get that I have already seen them play in person with you once. Ding, ding, ding. Are they third in the league? They were. They're we level on them. points with us. And we have a game in hand. And True. they're pieces of shit. So they're third in the league, but all of those oh, other facts are true. I feel like they're fourth in the league. <laughs> they were third in the league. For sure when we played them and they're probably still third in the league now and i'm just not fully getting your joke but they've had a few games in like ahead yeah. of everyone else for a while and so i feel like it's misleading and also when you've seen them play against good teams you see them not try to play football so that to me says over the course of a whole season i just can't i think they might qualify for europa league which is scary uh but i actually don't believe that they're going to finish in the top four the I, I think they've been kind of little like they do seem above. to be gaining confidence, which scares me a bit. You know what I mean? Like they're starting to believe their own hype a little bit in a good if way. They buy, if they buy $250 million worth of players in this window, then that answer might change. If they get like two or three other Bruno Gamarish quality players into their starting 11, then yeah. they jump like a whole tier and then it's scary and then this shit's real. Yeah. Unfortunately... I think that that could happen next year. And then the really unfortunate thing is I think they're going to be like vintage Chelsea where they have great players, but they're playing this very cynical conservative version of football that sucks. Results oriented. That's all that matters. They're just going to grind out these results, but they're going to be doing it with like, you know, $80 million forwards bought from France and things like that. On the bench. 
Yeah, that, it's, 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 I don't know. I'm, I'm annoyed that they're already like the football gods seem to be smiling on them ahead of time when they should be like reluctantly frowning on them for years. Is it okay to like talk about them for a minute or do you have more about the result you wanted to talk about? Cause it, it I think you hinted it was, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I basically covered it. Like it, it was a game where like I, it, this one was the opposite of the Christmas miracle where I did have to go find like a place to watch it. And it was annoying because we had like guests and I just like snuck out. And then when I went out, it was still so close to New Year's that even like a lot of the pubs were closed. And so I ended up watching it on like an illegal feed in the back of a Lebanese restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, oh, man, this is not the atmosphere that I was looking for. Wait, like you went to a Lebanese restaurant that happened to have that on? Like I walked to the pub that I thought I could watch it at. It wasn't on there. So then I walked to another pub that actually was kind of a long shot. And then as I walked by, I just see the game on like in like the back, like I can like just see it on, on the back TV in this like carryout place. And I'm like, all right, in here. And they're like, you, are you eating any food, sir? I'm like, uh, can I just have a beer? And they're like, what? And I was like, I just like, want to, and they're like, you're oh, like no, <laughs> no, sorry. You need to eat lamb if you want to watch yeah. Arsenal Flan TV or what was it? What was the illegal feed? <laughs> no it was i don't know it was a normal Tony's feed, but it, was, it was they had it like as if they were showing off they had one of those like illegal boxes that gets you all the channels like just like you not a sling box out. like an actual legal box oh yeah yeah that's um, cool now you yeah, know good to know and then also like i haven't tried the food yet because i just had a beer there but smelled pretty good and they're open late and they're within walking distance of my house so All's well that ends well. Thanks was was the United. feed quality bad? Was was it in English or no? It wasn't English. It was, I'd say it was HD, but with like a little bit of lag here and there. But to be honest, that's what I'm used to because I've been watching football games in Asia for most of the last 10 years. So right. I don't know. I'm used to things that suck. And so it's fine for me. But yeah, uh, Ucastle. Let's talk about Ucastle United. Well, so the reason I'm bringing them up is you can listen to this podcast episodes if you wanted to go back into the Meet the Soccerverse and like listen to it all over again. You'll hear some pretty specific opinions, definitely by me, maybe by you. I can't remember if you were really put yourself out on a limb here, but with like state backed clubs and like definitely it's not ideal. Uh, uh, putting it lightly, since we've last done an episode of this podcast, it's become more and more clear that like Manchester United might soon be owned by a different but equally problematic uh, oil state. Liverpool mm. might be owned by one soon too. Um, and my opinion has always been like, fuck no, I don't want like a club that like sports washing is the core purpose for the club existing now, like writing off the crimes of like a regime that like either decapitates journalists or oppresses women or like kills gay people or any of those things can suddenly be attached to your club. The same way that the Glazers owning United is like, it's very Trumpy, even though it's not like Trump owning the club, Mm. it's still like yucky. But this just, this feels like even worse where like this, these new owners might treat the club as an item better, uh, but they might treat the world worse. And right. so like, 
how do you do the calculus of like how how do i support if that's the case it, does it change how i support does it do can i not support do i have to get a tattoo cover up for a month's old tattoo like what <laughs> what does that world look like for me and any fan like as the money is just going to keep getting concentrated in the premier league so once united is owned by a club like that and liverpool or sorry by owned by owners like that and liverpool are dude arsenal's next and spurs are next and like eventually it's just going to be like who else who else is in that same big ego arena that we could buy and inject money into or yeah. or they'll do the same thing that that was done um fuck who was it that got bought and like promoted and promoted and promoted was it wolves um well there's been a couple that are like that like cardiff well, city did that but wolves i'm trying to think what was the biggest money example of like all right we took a third division club put a ton of money into them like it's kind of what ryan reynolds and rob McElhenney are trying to do yeah like that's they, still yeah. happening until there are no clubs that are owned by anyone other than like big money individuals or states or companies or whatnot like think about that let's talk about it as if it was happening to Arsenal too. Right. Which it very well might. I mean, I think no, the, it will. the how Crunkies how are absolutely like investors. You know what I mean? And they, I think they're long-term investors and they see the value of the club and they think that winning is like a part of their investment. But like, they're absolutely counting the money. You know what I mean? And there's going to be a point where they, they bought the club for a billion, which I think is going to look like a deal pretty soon. When yeah, you'll be able to get $4 billion for Arsenal in a couple of years. Like, I don't see why that wouldn't be the eventual outcome for them. Right. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, we, we've talked about this offline before as well. And I think, ultimately... I'm not sure that sports washing works on a club level. I just saw, if you watch the FIFA documentary that everybody was watching around the World Cup, the one that's on Netflix, um, that made a pretty good case that sports washing on an international level has worked really well. And I think it sort of especially would work there because the typical person who's watching the World Cup or the Olympics or anything like that they're not like a diehard fan who's like thinking about this game week in, week out, you know? Whereas if you're talking about people that are obsessed with like a club level sport or a professional team of some sort, like often these are people like myself who have like an unhealthy obsession with something that doesn't even know they exist, you know? And like, so <laughs> it's an like, and they're a shoe. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a funny dynamic there. It's like a parasocial relationship to begin with, but then on top of that, you have just this, like, I think it, it goes against some of the people that are, you know, the worst actors in the world who buy these teams expecting like, oh, well, if I buy the team, then they must, they'll like me. And it's like, no, like the owner is always the least popular person affiliated with the club in any regard because there's too many people that are obsessed with it. And they, like, you can't do the job right. But what if that's a very simplistic view on why they would buy it? Like, yes, it's part of it, or at least it's been talked about as part of it. But what there's also like you own PSG, you then are a representative, the head of PSG, an important uh, body of football and an important global activity. So that 
president of PSG becomes the president of UEFA, which is what happened. And now that person has a say in the champion or runs the fucking Champions League and runs the Euro. So right. like that that person has now created so much soft power through money because money got them the club, money got them in the room, money got them that new position and now they have power that came from the money. So while uh, for Qatar, we talked about sports washing as solely an image thing. And I think, let's just say it didn't completely fail and it definitely didn't completely succeed for Qatar. Yeah. But now they have contacts, they've met people, there's relationships that have opened up, maybe business opportunities. Like there's a lot of reasons that they might still do it. Therefore, it I don't, I still don't see an argument for why it won't happen. If money is sort of like a forward momentum thing, like once the money started showing up to the Premier League, it started changing everything. And there's really no way back except for through government legislation, which I don't see happening. Yeah. Because bribery will prevent that from happening. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like you, it's hard to get the termites out of your house when they're in your house. You know what I mean? It's much yeah. easier to prevent them coming in. To burn down the house or not have a house. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do think like it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in other leagues. Like the one that jumps into my mind is the German league, which already has you've they seen cracks rules. in this facade, but they're they're very exactly they're very different rules. Every club is club owned. You know, there's a lot of rules around like how much the price of a ticket can be. Do you and, understand that fifty plus one? owning model because that's the german thing and it's and i hear it bandied about a lot but i'm not sure i've ever really understood it i think essentially it becomes like the fans have to own 50 percent plus one plus one know, person i think of like the club 50 percent um, plus one share must be held by the club's members so if all of the fans of a club were opposed to something united they could vote it down but when how is that's technically i don't buy that like you'll always have yeah. five dissenting pieces of shit look at united states government and <laughs> exactly. voting. look it's at like, kevin mccarthy right now where even the assholes can't agree yeah like i i, I think that that's an idealist model but it's impractical if anything it yeah. should be like majority share should be owned by by fans of the club, no one person can own more than. Well, I mean that is still of it, right? That is still a majority, but I, it does. If to me, it reminds me, and you don't hear as much about this. Like now, when you talk about clubs, you almost always talk about an owner. But in the not so distant past, like when I read old things about Arsenal and other clubs, this comes up as well. Like there used to be this weird sort of like Agatha Christie party of people that would own a club. Like there would be like, like there'd be like some club. there'd be like a weird like foreign businessman that owned twenty percent, and then there'd be like an old money family that are on hard times now that own five percent, and then there'd be like enterprising, you know what I mean? Like like a titan of business who's got twenty five percent, and then there's like a weird American railroad owner, or you know, it's like it's all these weird people that would be cobbled together, and that would be the ownership of a club. And if that was the case where you had 50 plus one that was owned by the team. And then there were like a few other constituents that all own 10, 15, 20, whatever percent of the club. Then you could see how the, the fans having it would matter. Whereas like you said, there's always going to be a few fans that are just not on board. Maybe they don't even show up to vote that day, 
And so if you own mm-hmm. 49% mi- or 50 it, minus It becomes one, majority if some yeah, people don't Yeah, it's de vote. facto majority. Um, but yeah, no, it is, it is very interesting. I mean, that's one of the weird things that's happened because Arsenal was not publicly traded like United, but owned by multiple people and not like wholly owned as it is now by the Cronkies. And one of the sort of reasons they didn't like that is because in England, there are rules around like when you are a corporation, you have to publish all this information. And so people could like look through Arsenal's books a little bit and like they didn't enjoy that, which kind of makes sense. Cause like from a transfer perspective, I don't want people looking in my wallet if I'm like, you know, playing high stakes poker with them. But on the other hand, as a fan, it was kind of nice to get to look in their wallet too, even if I didn't want Real Madrid to be able to do it. So now that the Cronkies bought the club, they were actually, there were all these like minority share, like there were people that owned like one share of Arsenal, you know, and it's like some old lady who like got it in like as a gift grandmother's will or something. Yeah, exactly. Like these weird things like that. And there was some rule in place where once you owned like 98%, you can force everyone else to sell you the rest. And they did. So they paid these people out, but like, I don't know. There's all these like tearful old ladies having to give up their last share of Arsenal. Um, that was a long aside. I'm sorry about that. But, no, but I'm do, awake. I'm awake. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that they're like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a different model now where it, every team is basically wholly owned by one rich narcissist or the, or the like a shadow model or, yeah. or a shadow organization with a few rich yes. narcissists that steer that yeah those are almost like weirdly worth where if it's like the uh ks what is it the one that owns psg um qatari sovereign and vet but that's all bullshit that's the person who's in charge of that organization's like is the same person who's in charge of the government like it's there's really yeah. not like uh the delineation feels like it's just for the books. It's just so they could say, "Oh, these meager guidelines." Yeah, we, yeah, it's it's not a it's not a state. It's uh, it's like the United States of America. It's different. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah, America Light. It's a new <gasps> brand. <laughs> it's actually Budweiser owns it. Uh, we call that America. <laughs> Um, all right, you want to jump to uh, so the old rumor mill? Just wanted to ask, like, transfer window opened five days ago. Some clubs will be buying, some clubs will be trying, and some clubs will be dying. Uh, hey. Hi, I'm your host Skylar Hunt. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. I, I the first two I thought were good enough, but I really didn't expect the third rhyme. So. And some shit clubs will be supplying. Uh, so, <laughs> Jeff, yeah. what what have you heard about Arsenal? What's good? What's bad? We seem to be in a bidding war with ourselves for the services <laughs> of a player whose name I've never heard pronounced aloud. I believe it's Mudrick. Mudick. 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 Please. Wait, is that it? Please let that be it. I don't even know how to search for a name I can't type. There's good, yeah. How do you pronounce? Yeah, it looks like mud. No looks like mud. There's an R in it. Okay, so Madrick. It's, it's like Real Madrid. <laughs> um, we've offered some pretty substantial sums. There's a little part of me that hopes that we, like, I'd love to get him at a price that Arteta and Edu think is fair. But barring that, I'd love to see us like 
stick to our valuation of a player and not just like pull a Pepe again. You know what I mean? And buy like if this guy's not an eighty million dollar player, let's not buy him for eighty million. You know? Right. Are you and, re- are you ready for me to tell you how it's pronounced? Yes. Mudrik, Mudrik. Like it's, it's almost yeah. like Madrid. It's almost like Madrid Mudrik. Wow. What if? Yeah. That's probably. Hmm. That's gonna suck for you to sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Walking in Mudrik Wonderland. <laughs> Mudrik, my full back. My yeah. sweat drips down my back. <laughs> yeah. Mudrik. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Thank you. I'm here all week. Uh, try mm. the fish. So so, but. Well, what do they want for him? They want uh, stupid money because we spent stupid money on Anthony in the summer. I was going to say, they literally keep saying, well, he's better than Anthony. That and doesn't it's like, mean even anything. Even if that's the case, I'm like, that's, yeah. They're so, saying I don't know. Somebody, I mean, else, somebody else was stupid, so we're starting at stupid, right? Like, that's... Yeah. I mean, he... I don't know if what he's actually worth at all, but I will say that, like, he is twerking for arsenal right now like he's like posting pictures of himself watching arsenal on tv and like very much like putting himself in the window and then i think they by protesting too much are also sort of like it like the like it's one of those like george carlin things of like never believe something until it's officially been denied it's like they they've now tried to get chelsea involved even though i think that he doesn't want to go to chelsea or something but now they are going to attend the Chelsea match. Um, wait, he doesn't. Wait, he, I, here's what I don't buy. He's at Shakhtar Donetsk, right? Ukrainian club. Right. I don't want to go to ch- regular Champions League uh, attendee Chelsea that will pay me uh, seven times what I'm making now in a not war torn country. I think I'll stay and wait for this one club. I don't buy that, actually. It's a, that, like that's like if Chelsea are gonna pay. Point. If Chelsea are gonna pay, I feel like he'd be like, "You'll do," even if he likes Arsenal a little bit more, which could very well be the case. Like, I don't buy any of these players that are like, wait, a different club in the same city that will pay me the same now. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of buy that, but I do think that he has. I think he likes. Like, I don't know. I think that that's the great thing about where Arsenal are right now. Is like. Players actually want to play for Arteta. They want to play this kind of football. They see where they could fit in. So I do think that he has like a strong preference where it feels like Chelsea are still obviously like overall a very powerful club, but dude, they're in 10th. Like they're not, they're not. It's fun, isn't it? Isn't it fun? Yeah, it is fun. They just lost to Man City. I would have liked for them to uh, pick up a few points. After all them bully dollars got spent. After all of those Putin dollars had been getting spent, uh, yeah. it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that they... Oh. is Do you think that's why? Do you think that he's too Ukrainian to go play for Chelsea? Honestly, didn't think about that. Chelsea has essentially been part of, like, Russian war effort wealth, like, for a long time, right? Isn't that, like, wasn't any money that like any Russian oligarch had like essentially money that Putin could just be like, I'm calling that money back home. Like, wasn't like, uh, what fuck, what was his name? Abramovich. Wasn't Abramovich only originally rich because of Putin money? I do think that no one got like rich, rich without 
Putin's permission. So in that sense, for sure. And then they all kind of had to like, like, but it was government. It was like oil contracts for Abramovich is like Putin basically. It's like mafia distribution. It's like you have the northwestern territory now. Mm. Yeah, probably. I'm not. Um, I'm not a global economics expert. I'm just very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that that sounded very convincing. <laughs> that mafia impersonation he just did. But this is not the Economist podcast. This is. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to humor the 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 hypothetical you just put out. If yeah, that that would make sense. That would be a reason. I didn't even consider that the Russian I mean, connections to Chelsea and a Ukrainian young. Very young player who's been living through it. Yeah. Maybe. Although Chelsea currently has no Russian connections, though. That's the other yeah. thing you could say. I mean, and I guess like I guess that's the sort of one sort of thing you can say as an insult and a compliment to them all at once is like, well, ultimately they're a fake ass club with no history. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like if they were actually like, I don't know, some deep connection with anything then maybe you could point that out and be like, oh, well, I don't know. But it's like, they're kind of just this weird club that like maleficent people float through. Like you get some Nazis and some kleptocrats and like, I don't know. Like, like AC Milan. They're, they're just a <laughs> shitty team. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's almost like football as a whole is kind of becoming like, yes, watching it's fun, but everything else about how it is run is very American meat industry. Yeah, it's even worse than that, I think. <laughs> Say but that, yeah. tell that to a chicken. <laughs> I could. Oh, you know what I heard interesting recently about chickens is... Arsenal's going to sign some? Did you know that chickens see more colors than humans do so while they're stuck in those little cages their world is just like an acid trip of colors that we can't even comprehend the thought of well i'm colorblind jeff so so they're really seeing more than you do you eat enough chicken i eat chicken is like a food group in my life because okay well i was just thinking it was like carrots i'm also not a doctor well i'm definitely not eating enough carrots you should have left with that yeah Um, eat some carrots do you have any other transfer rumors before I give you the Man United roundup on that? Yeah, do it. Uh, so United have signed a replacement for Martin Dubrovka, who was recalled back to Newcastle for no apparent reason, as he's not playing for us. He will not be playing for them. Uh, but we have signed Jack Butland to be our uh, backup keeper. Butland. Butland. Uh, yeah, which uh, you hope and I he doesn't get scored on by my dick. <laughs> you mean Madrick? <laughs> well, who makes that joke? Mm. Um, but so that's uneventful. He might play a few times, but not really yeah. important. We still lost a Ronaldo and have like the transfer windows open. We've known Ronaldo was leaving for two months. We do not have any form of backup striker incoming yet. It's not even clear who that might be or could be because we Poe. We Poe, Jeff. Bad. Yeah, well, I don't think we can necessarily afford Atletico Madrid for Jao Felix would like some in, like $8 million loan fee and then paying off his $8 million in remaining yearly wages. Like, Is that I don't, it? 
Yeah, but 16 million pounds to have a player for a few months before he goes back to his club at full value is like kind of bullshit. Yeah. That's like oh, leasing. sorry. I misunderstood the second part of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like if we end up signing fucking Memphis Depay again, man, that's not going to keep us in the top four because Martial will have barren patches and people will get hurt and we are fucked if either of those things happen. This is a really, this is a, such a tough window. And for, for various reasons, you know, your club, because you need, because you lost Ronaldo, my club, because we lost Jesus, both of our clubs, because like, we probably just needed a couple players anyway, you know? Oh, yes, like, for sure. For sure. Um, Like, to have all of that pressure put on a January window that comes a couple weeks after the World Cup, where the prices of every player just goes nutso. Aren't it really is not ideal. Yeah. You're right. It's not ideal. It's very much not ideal. But if we had bought Anthony in the first week of June, his price would have been 45 million pounds. And we'd also have gotten 30 something million pound Gakpo. And we'd probably still have extra money left over to get a striker. I'm like, I'd say you're still hung up about that Anthony transfer fee. Because just because kidding. I'm, oh, I'm not surprised. Why don't you suck Madrid? Okay. Because <laughs> but, no, but that's because the Glazers didn't want to spend. And it's like all the dragging your feet to do your duty is the reason they had to react reactively uh overspend. Like it's all their fucking fault. Like I just want to keep pointing this out. Yeah. It wasn't a good deed that they spent a hundred million on Anthony. It was gun to their head. Yeah. That they put there and loaded themselves as a weird joke. And yeah. they bought him on a credit card anyway. So it's like. <laughs> well, um, the other thing that you mentioned as a part of that, the the Gakpo thing, who's somebody that I think had been linked to both United. Arse- he's been linked to everyone 5 million times. No, he's been not 90, 90% linked to United the whole time. It's been almost constant because Ten Hag talked about him a lot. He's Dutch. He oh, had, we had already negotiated a deal with him. We just didn't pay the transfer fee uh, because the Anthony deal took up the money that would have maybe gone to that. He was like basically waiting by his phone to like come to Manchester. Wow. I mean, it, that does sort of because the thing that didn't make sense to me at all is how drama free that transfer to Liverpool was. And so maybe is the, I don't know. Is there a little bit of like fuck you, Man United in that for him? Like. Um, I didn't. Under- I just think it's Liverpool are run way better. Like they I'm know just- how to do this shit way better than we do. Yeah, and he's coming from PSV. PSV Eindhoven, yeah. and his former boss Rude von Nistelrooy definitely was like, "Yeah, United. I had a great experience there. I'm sure you could too." Like I, it was the, it was there. The reason we're not doing it is because we're selling the club now. So the Glazers are like. Why why continue to fix up this car? We're already selling it. Like Yeah. It's a uh, I'm I'm still just pissed off at how quickly and easily that was done because especially it's like like the weirdest part about that is Gakpo was one of the young heroes of the World Cup. World so Cup. you would expect him to be like a weird like 100 million dollar player where like even if he's good maybe he's no like maybe nobody's good enough to be sold for that much anymore you know we were we were quoted 50 something for him so yeah. 37 to liverpool liverpool are better at doing these things like they're better at the negotiating i don't i don't know man we have incompetent jabronis who also at this point 
aren't even looking to get better. Liverpool are looking to get better. Credit to them. When they have a hole, they fill it. Whether or not uh, they have the uh, <laughs> not with Madrid, I hope. Madrid. Uh, do I gotta keep Madrid? I'm gonna be the guy. But yeah, so rumor Mad-piece. rumor mill for United zilch. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal, you have a chance of getting a big deal across the line. I still think it's more likely that you do a bigger move in the summer, just because there aren't a lot of cheap January avails right now. No. It's another time, though, where, like, I don't know, I keep saying this, but, like, I'd love another, I'd love to take another flyer on a talented 19-year-old Brazilian that I haven't heard of. You know what I mean? Like, at a bare minimum, like, just another young player to keep stocking that system, you know? Would you like a Facundo Palestri? <laughs> or an See, Amad Diallo? I, I have heard of them. That's the problem. Well, I, actually, one of them I haven't heard of, but... Well, Palestri starts for Uruguay, but never really made it out of United's youth team when we bought him two years ago. Ahmad Diallo now on loan at Sunderland, scoring goals there. Uh, but again, another right winger that has only had a few minutes for us, period. Uh, but those flyers, Jeff, are only fun when they immediately pan out. Like when Sir Alex Ferguson gets a Chicharito and you're like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And he scores, I don't know, what, 15 goals at you. Like that's... That's a diamond in the rough that immediately helps your team. The, the lottery tickets that are three-year, four-year development-like problems, I don't know if those should be that exciting for you or me. Oh, I think they have to be. I, I mean, I think that's the only path forward for Arsenal going forward. Is like we have to continually sign another Martinelli, continually have another Saka come up through the ranks because we're just not – we can't afford but that's to pay signings- full price for these. But that signing's not helping you now. I'm, I agree with you. I just yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. that those are headlines that help you win a league. Maybe, but I like even even like uh, maybe I'm being too specific here. But like a guy like Martinelli, there was never a point where he was on our team where he wasn't producing. Even mm-hmm. like there, even if he was very far away from being the kind of guy who had like double digit goals in a season, like he was giving us like solid minutes. And I feel like we actually do need that now, where like we have. Probably our best forward is recovering. You know what I mean? We can't count on the other ones to just constantly be sort of, you know, like apparently we have like a ton of players that are on four yellow cards right now. And (laughs) if they get like one more over the course of the United game or the Spurs game, then that they're going to have to serve a suspension for that. So there's all these, I don't know. There's just so many reasons to miss games. Um, the fixtures are going to pile up, blah, blah, blah. We're going to miss name our sister's birthday party, which is always a big event around this time of year. <laughs> we haven't actually discussed that much, but we do play each other very, very soon, don't we? I'm not looking forward to it. Um, no. no, I feel like you'll probably win. The way I felt last time, but this time I really think it. This is the home leg for, yes, this is at the Emirates. So I do think also, it'll be harder than the last one. But I also, all we take is an an injury to Varane, an injury to Martial, an injury to Bruno, an injury to Casemiro, or, or an injury to Ericsson, and our whole team falls apart. We're not that far away from that, though. I mean, and if anything, I think for us, it, we had like two injuries, but we've already cashed in one of those injuries with Gabriel Jesus being out for a few months. So like... Okay. You know, if Saka goes down... But you down, didn't punt a forward into the moon, which we just did. <laughs> he kind of punted himself. 
I don't know. I mean, he we did, but but that we haven't was... talked about that much directly. But like, are you are you still okay with the decision of like letting Ronaldo go, or do you think yes, he but you have to, that bit? but you have to replace him. Like, I think he should have been gone in the summer, but you still should replace. Like, I I just think it's not. It's like for our jobs when we when we work at places that don't have all the departments we need, it's kind of bullshit. So like to just have no striker, yeah, like. City got away with that for like a few years because they had so many other types of attackers. They were not hurting on numbers. We're like, there's a huge drop off from like even Anthony, who's not the finished product, to Anthony Alanga, who might be a faster me. Um, <laughs> like, the, like it's you know what I mean. Like there needs to be another functional Olivier Giroud type player who can play in the system and can chip in with a few goals. And, and largely not be a zero when they have to play. Mm. And we don't have that. So that's bad. And if we're playing each other in a few weeks, those are a few weeks where we could have our own suspensions or injuries. And I I don't know, man. I feel like we, when, when we're all cylinders firing, I think we're as good as every, any team in this league, honestly, at this point. When we have, I mean, but no depth. And one injury, one player, like... Jaden Sancho fucks off for a few months. Maybe he needs it, but like that's another thing that like, oh, how many of those can a team handle? What's his deal right now? His deal is he is back in training. He went off to do like a a mental health slash physical fitness accelerator kind of trip in the Netherlands with some uh, professionals that Ten Hag knows, I think. Um, And now he's back with the team. He could play tomorrow. He could play hmm. next week. Uh, Ten Hag. You guys have him. like a weird FA Cup freebie this Ever- week, like we Everton. Do? We have Everton tomorrow. Oh, okay, that's actually okay. So still pretty because we have Oxford United. So like that would have been a night. Like we have Smith Rowe, who we haven't seen in a few months. We'll be coming back for that game probably. So he might get some minutes. Yeah, and so that would be. I don't know. Now, if he could come back and like suddenly be in form and not hurt, that would be very good. Very, very good for us. And he might, honestly, if that happens, he might start playing striker. You heard it here first. Okay. <laughs> I heard it here <laughs> first. And we'll get on the podcast. I'm like, Jeff, do you remember? Do you remember? The 5th of November. The tw- yeah. Oh, no, I just looked this up. The Something about tw- the explosives, the can't, the Something about Parliament <laughs> blowing up. Oh, um, you're thinking of a very different one. I'm thinking before, of Earth, Fire. Before we finish, we've been going for an hour. We still need to cover the Meet the Soccers year in review. Uh, Jeff, I don't see you in this doc, so I'd love for you to get your butt back in it. I'd love for you to I get am. your Madrick open. Um, all right. We've got a few categories uh, that we wanted to cover here. Um, EPL Player of the Year, since we focus on Premier League so much. Who is the best player? Non-EPL player of the year. Uh, player from elsewhere. Uh, Balon Doe, who is the little thing we made up, a little Homer Simpson. Oh! Ref. Uh, player who had the shittiest year. Um, <laughs> uh, your The EPL, not your club, 11 of the year. So this means Jeff can't pick any Arsenal players. I can't pick any United players. We may just run through the names here just because... We don't need to fill time. Uh, 
And then finally, the biggest idiot in football of the year, which maybe is a different kind of way to say ball and dough, but like, I don't know. We're trying to keep things fresh in our marriage. Um, all right. So Jeff, EPL player of the year, do you want to lead off or do you want me to lead off? I would love for you to lead off. I will lead off then. Um, although it's a little bit unfair because I feel we have like a little sort of pre-write of this and Skylar filled in his answers before me. And so this one, I kind of copied your homework on, but it just happens to be the right answer. It's Halan, isn't it? I mean, is there anybody that is, I mean, he's just playing outrageously and it's only the first year. And even like his teammates keep reminding him, like he doesn't even really get what we're doing yet. He's just scoring this many goals. So <laughs> it's hard to argue against him um, as much as I think you know, there's a little part of me that wanted to like throw an Arsenal player in it, but I don't think that I could do that in good conscience because he's just been so out of this world. Arsenal's maybe been more of a team effort versus like Saka being the reason, you know, like, or anyone being the right. reason. But I agree with you. Uh, Holland, we knew he was going to score goals if healthy. Uh, yeah. He's just been healthy. The physicality of the league that so many players struggle with, he's pissed all over. He's like, I am physicality. Uh, and he looks like a bad guy from Dragon Ball Z, the animation yeah. of Dragon Ball Z. He's kind of got this like man made out of chewed up chewing gum kind of look aesthetic. Uh, it like does like his face looks like one of those masks that they put on Hollywood actors before they turn them into someone else. Like they just stopped halfway through. Do you think as a kid, he just looked like a, a Hollywood mean brother, like a mean kid brother that would like, I don't know, put your hand in like a bowl of water or like play pranks on you. Like he just looked yes, like, like a Scott Farkas. If you remember Scott Farkas from uh Christmas story. Yeah. He's got like a Farkasy vibe. He's yes, he's blonde, but he's he's from the same family tree as Scott Farkas. The... Well, true true story. So in the Norwegian version of Home Alone, he's Buzz. So what? That's not true. It's not a true story. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I would imagine they would just have just subtitles. <laughs> Why would they remake it with we need, him? We, we need to spend money. Uh, um so he's, it seems like he's going to break the EPL scoring record in his first season in the league. And he's still only like, what, 21, 22? Yeah, it's scary. I mean, the one, like you've mentioned, the one sort of, uh, I don't know, bit of drippy wax on his wings as he flies close to the sun is, that was really not the Greek metaphor I should have gone with. Oh, his Achilles heel, if you will, <laughs> might be the fact that he gets hurt all the time. But he's... He's only, I think, missed like a match or two with fitness issues. He got the whole World Cup off. Yeah. Well, you mean which, a match or two this year, right? Because that's yeah, like had a four, bunch of, like, four city term. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. No, you're right. In the past for Dortmund, he was regularly injured. Uh, I want to say he might have had some injuries at Mold Molde. Salzburg. For Solskjaer, I think was his manager, which is nuts. <laughs> that is um, wild. But I think that City, having won the league without a striker before, will just rotate him when the metrics say, yep, give him a week off. Even if that means that they put uh, Jack Grealish up top or who, or Bernardo Silva up top or whoever, like, yeah, I think they'll be fine with that. They don't need him. They're just thrilled to have him. It's a good point. I mean, 
Because there is a little part of me that just wonders, you know, if there's any chance that he does get hurt in the second half of the season. Like, what what does that do to them as a team? Because we haven't seen them without him this year. But It would slow them down, but it might not stop them, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, because I'm thinking back, like, to last the last time that, you know, when they didn't have him before, they did have Sterling. You know, they did. And then not they had, the same, it? though. Not the same. That's like, Certainly uh, not. but now they, they don't had have filet mignon. They had beef jerky. You'll remember how good that beef jerky was to us many times. But right. But a... it's like, but if your filet mignon gets injured and you've already sold your <laughs> beef jerky to Chelsea and all that is left is tofu, that could be different. If your filet mignon doesn't score any goals over a number of months due to a serious injury, go to a different <laughs> restaurant. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, we both agree. Uh, that stupid, giant, inflatable balloon of a man uh, is scary, and he's the player, EPL player of the year. Who is your non-EPL player of the year, Jeff? I think, I so I chose Messi, because I don't think anyone is having a better year than he's having now. He's just sort of reaching the fruition of his life's work. You mean emotionally? Not even, I mean, just in terms of the results on the field, um, and even, I mean, he's a weird case now where he's like the most luxurious luxury player you could have on a team where he like, he, he would not slot into many teams. But for those teams like Argentina or like PSG that can afford the luxury of him on the field, like he, he does contribute quite a lot. I mean, he's still, he's still magic. You know what I mean? He just, he's don't expect him to like run a lot. He's capable of magic, but I don't think he can do everything by himself like he used to be able to do everything by himself. Yeah. Even though, even though he often was playing alongside like similarly top tier uh, midfielders, like the best Messi was also in a functional team, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but I, but I, but it's interesting to see like it's you don't need a player. Like that, like he's all right. So when Bruno Fernandez, for example, not comparing them necessarily, but like let's say he has a bad game, but still can make like three or four amazing chances that have high XG potential, but then turns the ball over a bunch, it's fine. I don't think Messi is as big. Like Messi does turn the ball over a lot and always has because he's always been the one sort of steering. He's been the the the, the spoon stirring the drink or whatever it's called. Right. Um. In PS in the PSG team, he doesn't need to do that. One, the talent disparity between PSG and the other teams that they're regularly playing. Two, the fact that like PSG tends to, except for that Lille uh, moment, tends to win the league at a canter. So like I don't know. I think Messi is going to have an easy club season compared to when he was at Barcelona fighting against Madrid, fighting for the Champions League. Like, if, if he doesn't win the Champions League this year, I don't think he's a failure, but I think PSG will have been a failure in acquiring Messi. Why acquire him if not to win a Champions League? Because they're already... They don't need Messi to win League Un. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a meta level to having him that they like. You know, it's also the... the sports-washing reason... element of it. Right. You know what I mean? Or even, you know, just like the publicity angle for sports washing and otherwise, it's there's something to be said for having like the, you know, biggest, shiniest thing, even if that thing is probably, you know, probably also. Well, the thing about Messi is people like him, so he doesn't have to go play in Saudi Arabia after this. He's going to go to the MLS or 
you know. I thought you were just gonna launch into like your tight five on the thing about Messi. What's the deal with Messi? <laughs> he plays so tidily. <laughs> Have you seen this guy? Um, yeah, no. But I feel like looking at your answer, because I can see the future and this document that you've written your answer in. Um, you cheater. I, I get that we've basically taken the exact opposite approach to it, where I'm sort of giving him a lifetime achievement award because he's gotten things that he's probably deserved before this year. And I it's hard to say that anyone is enjoying their football more than him this year. Um, but you have chosen his teammate. I, I've chosen uh, Kylian Mbappé. Uh, Kylian Mbappé. The reason I've chosen him is because I feel like Last year and the year before, when we were talking about best player in the world, even though this past season you could you could see it wasn't the case with Ronaldo anymore, it was Ronaldo Messi conversation largely, right? Yeah. This is the year, and Mbappe's been great for five years now. Like he's been right. he's been on the world stage for five years. He's only twenty three. Yeah. But this is the year when I think Mbappe passed. Uh, both Messi and Ronaldo on the power rankings chart for like best player in the world go. I don't think people were saying, yeah, it's Mbappe. People were saying, oh, it will be Mbappe. It might be Mbappe someday. He's got a lot of potential, a lot of talent, a lot of like, I feel like he revealed himself even in the World Cup, not winning the World Cup. You watch him play. He is an alien compared to the other players on any pitch. And I think even in the final where Messi had those moments of brilliance, you saw Messi is not as good as Mbappe at this point. And Argentina won by virtue of a grittier performance. Uh, but I don't necessarily even think that Messi had a better World Cup than Mbappe. Like, I, you know, you get yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like... totally. I mean, now the conversation for who's the best player in the world starts with Mbappe, and it's up to another player like a Holland to challenge him. I think that's yeah. the conversation. I think Messi is maybe the best player ever, and but he's no longer the best player now. Yeah, he. It's yeah. It's something something between the best player emeritus or the most successful player of the year would be. He's got the resume. Messi's got the resume, but Mbappe just like had the record sales year. Wow, sales is what I went to. Like, <laughs> wow. The, I'm thinking of like uh, what would make Jan Levinson Gould happy. I just got a sale no, sales numbers. Set of steak knives, little little salesman's cruise from Cutco. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you know t- two of the most lasting images of the World Cup are of M- Mbappe for me. Where the one was him doing that crazy smile that looks like the Chinese portrait of Yin Min Jun or whatever, the self-portrait, where he, it just seems like he has more teeth than a human body is supposed to have. He's smiling so much and he's doing that head thing. I believe that was uh, in the win against England. And then there was sort of the antithesis of that that came um, after he... There was a moment there where it looked like he was going to spoil the party, where it was 3-3... Argentina, France were going to penalties unless and Mbappe just dribbled past three or four guys like they weren't there and it didn't quite work in the end, but it was the kind of unsuccessful move that only the best player in the world can do at any given time. It was um, like Ronaldo. R9. You remember this moment, right? Yes. 
But and like Ronaldo R9 would do those moments all the time where it would look like he would just break the game. Yeah. And 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 Mbappe can do that. And while Messi is still excellent, I don't think Messi is the player who breaks the game anymore. You know what I'm saying? He's just still excellent because his mind is still excellent and his technique is still excellent. But his body, I don't think Messi's body is excellent anymore, which sounds homoerotic. What I mean to say is that he's got a nice little body. I think he's got a nice little body. No, he you're right though. I mean, because you've I kind of and he's been that way for a while where he's so cerebral and there's so many other assets to his game that you forget how athletic he was at one time. Where like right. I mean you his look center at center like, of gravity of was young like messy, he dribble up a he's wall. just yeah, I mean he's just weaving in and out of T fences down the wing, back inside, and like there's no one that can play with him. Right. Um now people he gets pushed all, you know what I mean? Like he gets pushed around when they want to now. I think um, I could beat him. I think I'm better than him. Yes. In short. He's not invited to my pickup soccer league. He is. He's just old enough for the over 35 league. <laughs> so and I think he'd do pretty well in that. Not if not I were, great, if I were him, I would retire so I could spend as much time beating the fuck out of amateur <laughs> soccer players and let those video clips end up online like immediately. You've got to take advantage of you've got to make your legend grow. Like he was that good. How long like, do you think dude, he could I, like boss the over 35 shortage? Until game? he was 50. Until he was 50, easily. No, because I mean there's guys in that game that are 50 and they're not messy. Like but they're also not bossing it. They're just well, playing. Yeah. I think check this I out. Think, check this I out, Jeff. He could, if you got on the Tom Brady diet, I gave him till sixty-two. When I was on the the carrot vice soccer team in New York, one one of the people that was like adjacent to the team was dating the third string goalie for New York Red Bulls, mm-hmm. and so he would come and play with us a few games in goal. Just his passing from goal was like he would just put the ball on my foot as the striker. Like, skip the entire field. It would just pass it right to me. Uh, then he left goal and played center back. And he was, like, 6'4". And he oh, was, like, wow. out-jumping any other field player. As a, as a goal, Like, he's a goalie who's playing the field. He's out, he's. It just was, like, next level. Like, holy shit. Like, we won, like, 7 nothing. Wow. Then, on a team that I play with regularly in L.A., there's a guy who plays all the time. I'm going to say he's mid to late 40s. And he played... Uh, for Dynamo Kiev's youth teams and played with Andriy Shevchenko as he was coming up for Dynamo Kiev. And he could, this guy in his mid to late 40s could just receive the ball midfield and like turn and take a touch and score. Wow. Like it's, so that is the level of like how much, like so to give Messi credit, if Messi showed up for either of these teams, I feel like it would be another three levels of what the fuck on top of that. Like, I'm guessing my imagination doesn't understand how funny it would be to watch. He's a weird one though. Cause I like usually, you know, like when you describe that goalkeeper, like I've played with some people who are like a level or two of athleticism too much for the game that I was in, but yeah. usually there's something cartoonish about them just in their appearance where that's one of the like weird things. About Messi's like Messi. one of us. He couldn't. Yeah. Like, He's like a guy that could like barely get dates on Tinder because of five, his physique. Wait, is he's he like, five eight, five ten? I don't think. I think he might be five nine. I don't know. Um, he's, he's he's pretty short. What if he's six foot tall because they gave him HGH when he was a kid? I mean, even that, yeah. Like whatever little amount of height he has, which Messi isn't much. Messi was expected to reach a height of one hundred and fifty centimeters. Currently, he's one hundred. 
Currently, he's 170 centimeters tall, but is still one of the shortest players in the sport. Yeah, that's like 5'6". How tall is Messi? Yeah, he's about 5'6". He's 5'7", five, he's five but he received treatment to get to 5'7", which is nuts. Yeah. Because I'm, yeah, like, I'm like 5'10", and I'm like still a peasant class in, in this country. <laughs> <laughs> You're tinder six foot, as they say. No, I'm honest. I'm honest and single. Uh, all right, so let's finish. Let's fly through this, Jeff. Balando. So Balando, the player who had the shittiest year. Who you got and why? Let's just fly through this. Deli Ali is now getting taken off in the first half of Turkish League games, booed roundly by the fans. I don't understand what happened to him. It's it's sad, but this is like the year where it's like, I don't even know if he gets to play anymore after this year. When Pochettino, Pochettino, fuck, whatever. When he found him Mudrick. as a player from MK Dons, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was like plucked out of like, not even the championship, it was like League One or League Two, and brought up to, I would think, straight to Spurs, and he started to, like, have an excellent impact at Spurs. Like, what's confusing to me is, like, what was good form and what was class? Because, like, you yeah. you might have a similar feeling about uh, James Rodriguez when he exploded onto the scene for... Uh, Colombia in the World Cup, I want to say, or the Copa America, yeah, yeah. or the I can't remember which one. Uh, and then like went to Madrid. Yeah, Real Madrid. And like like these players have periods of greatness, but then before their peak should even be hitting, it feels like they deflate like a flat tire. Yeah, I think he's even more surprising than Jaime Rodriguez because. To me, that's a very much a tactical thing where it's like, oh, we don't really have a lot of pure number 10s around anymore. And like, you're especially not going to be able to win in La Liga like that. So Mm -hmm. that screwed up his career as it did for many other pure number 10s. Whereas like, I mean, Deli Ali was just a guy who could beat people like with his dribbling and was really scary down pretty much either wing. Like, He's not, you know what I mean? Like, that, that is still very much a skill that is coveted. Like, he's not supposed to be bad. Like, he, was in a, he was also aggressive in even taking shots and, like, and like just forcing the yeah. issue. Like, testing the yeah, keeper. Yeah, he was horrifying to play against. Like, it felt like there were so many times where he touched the ball and you're like, oh, this is it. God damn it, you know? But I mean, now, you can still feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Now, he doesn't really, though. Now you go, oh, he's touching the ball. God damn it. um all right mine would be cristiano ronaldo uh i'm just gonna read uh this prepared statement uh (laughs) he started the year as not the best player in the world but still respected as very dangerous when he didn't come for united's preseason he never really got going he lost another yard of pace in that period of time and his instincts let him down during most of the opportunities that he were given like he was given some some chances on a plate that he you think Ronaldo's gonna bury that much much less the average player would bury that and he just like fucked it up. Um to throw a hissy fit to get out of United to go get Champions League football, only to end up signing a two-year deal in Saudi Arabia is hilarious. Poetic justice that I drink like an Arnold Palmer. I'm just like 
Love it, love it, love it. Uh, hubris, be thy name. Um, yeah, so that's, I thought Showbiz, that, I thought he was. be thy game. Is that how you're going to? No, never mind. I take it. I liked. I liked the. I like anything that's got a rhyming convention and sort of an even Literally number. Literally anything. I like pairs and comedic trios, Jeff. I like both. He likes them a lot. See, never mind. I'm not going to rhyme anything. Um, let's play Yahtzee. Lotsy, so, yeah. uh, so the EPL, <laughs> not your club. Eleven of the year, Jeff. Just like tell us the position and the name. Uh, and Goalkeeper I'll do the Edison passing. Left back, Robertson, hilarious story from Skyler. Center back, Martinez, real good at passing, also pretty good at defense, even though he's only a little bit taller than Messi. Center back, VVD, still really good, even though not the god that he was before. Right back, Trippier, left midfielder, hurts me to say, son, um, god, he's very good. Uh, Bruno Fernandez center mid and Rice center mid. Um, Salah as right mid. I have Kulisevsky on the list crossed out partially because he's been not playing, but also partially because I just didn't want to have most of my attack be Spurs players. And then De Bruyne and Halan to round it out because of goodness at football. I thought. Is De- I thought De Bruyne was playing more like central midfield, but I guess this is all just like splitting hairs, right? Yeah, I mean, all of these like pick your eleven. It's like I'm all I always like beef with the non-existent formation. I'm like, oh yeah, four four. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of I kind of uh, formation shamed you from the get go by just putting all the positions. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna start off with Ramsdale, Jeff. You'll be pleased. To lo- I picked a bunch of Arsenal players, even though this very exercise was like. traumatizing for me, maybe traumatizing for you. Um, But Ramsdale tied with De Gea for league lead in clean sheets. I also picked Robertson, which pained me (laughs) to pick, but he set some stupid assist milestone record, which I hate. Like, I think he had like 100 assists for Liverpool or some bullshit. I don't remember. Trent Alexander-Arnold, notably not on either of our lists, but he was like in God mode last year. What has happened to him? He never was good at defense, and now he's also bad at attacking. So, like, he's kind of like a, a pointless player at the moment. Mm. Uh, I picked Fabian Schar at center back because Newcastle, like to, you mentioned it early, they, Newcastle currently leading the league in clean sheets, and I think they had the longest unbeaten run in the league, too. Uh, and then I wrote William Saliba as the other center back, and I wrote Shut Up Jeff. Um <laughs> Trippier as a right back. I know I just mentioned uh, for Shar, but like Newcastle are so high up on the table because they've got a few quality players. Trippier is clearly one of them. He's got a goal, five assists, and 11 clean sheets. Martinelli on left mid. Uh, I think he's seemingly taken a big step forward this year and is making more of an impact. Uh, Pascal Gross I went with in central mid. I can't believe I'm including him either, uh, but Brighton... Are like over or like still overperforming, I think. So he's like clearly having a, a great prime season. And if you check for all of the Premier League fantasy points, he's like one of the highest performing central midfielders. Uh, De Bruyne, similar. Uh, it's kind of crazy how good he is for his club, but let's all laugh at how shit Belgium were, were in the World Cup. Wow. Hi. I also. I also picked Salah for right mid. Liverpool not having a fantastic season, but he's not necessarily been the problem. Uh, but I'm excited to see his decline begin immediately. 
Uh, <laughs> then for attacking midfield, I picked Odegaard. I feel like he has been that, like, him taking the reins of your team has been the difference maker. Um, yeah. And I said, I bet you're loving this, Vitkin. And then finally, I also agree with you, Holland up top, picked him for player of the year, got to include him here. And then the last question, biggest idiot in football of the year. You didn't even get into all the Arsenal players you left off your team. I mean, I feel like... Uh... Uh, I don't know that they deserved <laughs> it. Uh... <laughs> so you're, biggest... uh, when, can, can I ask you this before we move on? Were there any United players that you felt like I unfairly left out of my team? Well, it's tough because I could, like, I could say... Uh... Rashford over Sun, because I think Rashford's maybe had a better statistical mm. year. And we are higher up on the table than Spurs now. But I mean tomato, yeah, that, a little bit tomato, arguable. a little I'll, bit give you tomato, that. tomato. They're kind of like the same player for their clubs. Yeah. So I don't know. I do think as we are sliding into third place, uh, I don't know. I like the city, the city players in your list are inarguable i don't know that we have a center midfielder that beats rice i don't think we have a right midfielder that beats Salah. um i think our attacking is very good on his day but i De bruyne to me is like at a pretty high tier of this game yeah uh yeah i, I mean i don't know if i could my only complaint would be van dyke being in your team i don't know that I, that maybe veron beats him out Maybe it's a player mm. from Newcastle, but Van Dyke's statistically plummeted this year from the years Liverpool have been dominant. He's, At the beginning he's, of the year, he did. He's pulled it back together quite a bit, I feel like. But his year, overall, I, well, I would say his year is not best to center backs, even discluded, even not counting the Arsenal ones for, mm. for you. But you know what, Jeff? It's your list. You have to sleep with it. Yeah, I do. But I who is your biggest? Who's who's your biggest uh, idiot of the year? So we can end this shit. <laughs> um, Ronaldo. He texts Piers Morgan. Let's leave it at that. And my biggest idiot of the year is surprisingly not Jeff Itkin. Everyone that wrote <laughs> in, I appreciate your suggestions. It's not oh, Jeff. Oh man, you could have done that because you left it open. Biggest idiot in football. <laughs> I have a football podcast. You're in it, uh, Gianni Infantino. President of FIFA, it's like the last president of FIFA fucked a Trump and they had a baby, and that's Gianni Infantino. His like tone deaf behavior during the World Cup before and after, actually. I just want this guy to like die. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just do. I just not violently. I just would love for him to, you know, get it, take oh, the hint and and stop being here. <laughs> well. Can't argue with that. That's not libel, right? I just don't like that he is alive. I'm not suggesting that I will harm him, or and I'm not compelling anyone to do anything. Hmm. If you're hmm. just listening to the audio version of the podcast, hmm. I didn't wink. I am <laughs> your lawyer, and I think that it's fine. Keep saying meet more stuff the like that. Defense for you, meet the <laughs> defense. <laughs> You're All probably right. going to jail. Do you, uh, any last words before I kill you with a song? Uh, eat vegetables. Meet the suckers. Meet the suckers. A soccer podcast that probably won't last. Meet the suckers. Meet
Ryan. Meet the suckers and chat.